0: Hi everyone, I'm Simon from Sterling Coaching, and welcome to another episode of our Business Success and Coffee podcast. In which today I'm joined by Suzanne Paul from BU. Welcome to the podcast, Suzanne. Tell the listeners a little bit about you and uh, what business you have at the moment.
1: Thank you, Simon. It's great to be with you. Hello, everyone. I'm Suzanne Paul from BU, which stands for Be Extraordinary and Empowered You. And what I'm really finding is that as we emerge from the lockdown in in the UK in 2021, that business is starting to come back to life. There are green shoots. People are feeling optimistic again. And there's a certain amount of trepidation and concern and not knowing about what's going to happen and i think that is both exciting and yep. unnerving mm. and i think that's what makes business interesting as a business owner what
0: Fantastic. so for the benefit of the listeners that uh, might have missed that the b obviously when i saw it i thought oh that's great i kick bees so it's b double e Mm-hmm. Just give us what the B-E-E stands for again. Yes,
1: so uh, it is B-E-E, and it does stand for Be Extraordinary Yep. and Empowered. And Empowered. You.
0: Fantastic. Because it's all so, about
1: being you. Yep. Who better? And,
0: and listeners, if and I know this is not a video uh, of any sorts, but uh, Susanne is definitely pointing at you. So uh, if you're listening to this, you are the person that's being pointed at right now.
1: Thank you, yes.
0: So from a point of view of what you drink in the day, and I know you said it's probably a little bit late as we recorded this afternoon for, for a coffee, but tell us a little bit about what you've been drinking today and why.
1: So I'm a, I'm a black coffee drinker. Okay, I like it kind of, you know, strong, not too strong, but um, with a bit of a kick to it. I'm a fan of the old, I like Nespresso machines. Personally, I like a one cup machine kind of yep. thing. And black in its purest form. And if you were to ask me my dream location, it would be sipping espresso. So quite a strong black coffee.
0: Yeah.
1: In the Piazza Navona in Rome. Okay.
0: Because well, where well, are you
1: going to get a better espresso than the Piazza Navona? Yeah,
0: frankly, I completely agree. Yep. So we'll we'll come back to that then. Mm-hmm. So from a point of view of, um, drinking the the coffee, is there any particular type of roast? You know, you say you like it. Sp- strong uh yeah you know, is there a particular you know brand you mentioned espresso i mean i'm a big yeah you know, i think we ought to form an espresso club of some sort because be amazing I'd be, how many people use nespresso and i'm drinking an espresso coffee right now as well yeah uh, so is there a particular type of bean or a particular place in the world where you prefer your nespressos to come from
1: um so i do like the arabica nespressos uh yeah. so you know kind of a medium roast sort of quite Earthy. I'm not a big fan of Colombian coffee. Um, okay. So, um, yeah. And the other one that I've always enjoyed um, from Nespresso is the one that comes in the blue tube, which is from Costa Rica. So the Costa Rican coffees um, are quite good as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, to be honest, I like a coffee. Yeah. I like a coffee that's flavoured which yep. I know is quite sacrilegious for a lot of coffee drinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I I don't tend to have flavoured coffee because it's full of sugar and I try to stay away from sugar. Yep. Um, but, you know, I like they have these kind of straight, slightly odd flavours in Nespresso of like vanilla pod.
0: They do, and- yeah. I never quite get the taste of those, to, to be <clears> honest. <throat>
1: But yeah, but they slight I, I agree with you, Simon, and they do slightly take the bitterness of the coffee away. So they're just a little yeah, bit yeah. easier on the palate when you're drinking black coffee.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um so I I would never if you want like if you really want to ask about coffee and a coffee and aficionado, my brother has an extraordinary way of making coffee. Which involves hot water in the cafetiere and swishing it around and emptying it out and yeah. putting, and and I'm like
0: that's a ritual then of coffee.
1: It, it is yeah a ritual and it yeah. takes quite a long time and it's quite noisy. So I leave him yeah. to so.
0: that. I mean, thankfully, the espresso machine I've got is quite noisy anyway. So I think you know it's that old TV ad where you know people leave the dining table and they go and make their guests coffee and then they oh, make the, the noises of the percolator That's, that percolator
1: yeah. noise I yeah, remember yeah. that yeah you need,
0: you need you need the noise don't you so yeah, I'm yeah. quite I'm quite pleased my <laughs> espresso machine has noise if it was yes. quiet I'd be very disappointed as That's with my true. dogs that know when they're going to get a biscuit when they get a yes, coffee as well so exactly anyway. so Um, How long have you been in business? Give us an idea of how long you've been in business.
1: Um, Three years I've been in in BU in its current iteration. It has been around as a brand for about nine years. Okay, But um, I've recently, well, three years ago, I slightly changed the message of it um, to focus more on empowerment and the connection between self-esteem and abundance and which we'll come to later i know but yeah. Yeah, yeah um so yes in its current form about three years
0: so being extraordinary empowerment um and you know the, i know what you're going to talk about a little bit later on but that must have been quite difficult to get some of that message across during the times of lockdown and covid or has it not been is it being is it has it been a time for five for you or is it being a time where you've had to really make changes
1: um I would say actually Simon it's been both and so I found the lockdown to be quite a roller coaster in a one Mm. way it has been immensely productive um I wrote and published a book last year in the lockdown it was written in lockdown it was published in lockdown called discipline Mm -hmm. a secret code for women in the bedroom boardroom and beyond Um, I qualified as a certified yoga teacher in the lockdown Uh, in the summer last year Um, and this year has been really quite a growth year in terms of the business and its impact Um, and at the same time the winter so going into that second and third lockdown that we had in November and December yeah. has been some of the most uncomfortable and difficult and worrying times that I've ever faced in my life, let alone in business. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so yes, I would and say. I, and,
0: I think, I, and I think what you're saying uh, to the listeners there, uh, most of them will connect with. Mm. And I think you, you're absolutely right. There has been something different, particularly here in the UK. And I don't know worldwide, you know, people in different lockdowns. Some people are going into their second, third lockdowns. But certainly here in the UK, this last lockdown, particularly, I don't know if it's because it was in winter and it was darker Mm. and it was colder or whether people just, they thought the first two were probably okay and a bit of fun and they got things done. But something was different, wasn't it? You know, there was some something that was a lot more unsettling and I think Mm. people struggled with all aspects of life and business a lot more and I don't want to undermine anybody who really struggled in the first lockdown but there was definitely something different this in this last lockdown and I've noticed that uh in businesses that have been doing exceptionally well and they've just said morale even though we're absolutely rocketing morale is at an all-time low and I think Mm. it was it's just that lack of control isn't it
1: yeah I think um I think For me, it was the darkness, um, you know, because winter in the United Kingdom is filled with cold and very very long nights um, because we are quite far north so even at the best of times it can be quite oppressive in the UK in the winter just because we have so much we have such a lack of daylight so that was one of the things that I found incredibly difficult about the lockdown from December the other thing I think is that it was it was without end none of us had any idea how long it was going to last and we didn't in the first lockdown either but it 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 was springtime we were still able to go out and exercise and and you know I mean I did make it a point to exercise outside every day in the winter lockdown but it was really it was cold it was dark and there was no sport which is something that we gather around yeah. and is a community event and you know with the greatest of you know, I think Zoom is an amazing thing and we all have tremendous technology tools, thankfully, but the connection of a Zoom conversation is not the same as being in person with somebody. And we had Christmas, which is a time of gathering and festivity, and we didn't have that. It was really...
0: And I think um, we missed the people, didn't we, as well? we, we, We had some significant times when we couldn't see family and friends, which means so much to us. Yeah, Christmas and you know some of us got to spend time at Easter as well. But I think you're right. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting that in the first lockdown, we we actually had in our own mind a thought of how long it was going to last. And I can remember people saying, "Oh, you know six weeks, this will all be done, it will all be gone," because we were quite optimistic about yes, the there end. Was a, that's right. There wasn't an optimism about the end, and you know. People were saying it's going to be here for a while. Yeah, this lockdown is going to carry on. And it was almost the optimism was replaced by pessimism of how long it was going to last in that final lockdown, oh, which uh, we hope is going to be a final lockdown.
1: Well, we, and I, you see, I think the, the use of the word final lockdown is quite interesting there in that. I've still got friends around me that are like, well, I don't think it's just quite over yet. You know, I mean, obviously we're doing well with the vaccination program in the United in the UK and all of that, and but we're not quite like we think. I think that there's a general feeling that we're going to be living with the COVID well forever, yeah. really.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And it's like it, we're coming to terms with having to accommodate it but we haven't quite worked out how to, what that means for our life, like for the future. And yeah. so there's still a certain amount of, as I said, like uncertainty about what life's going to be like. Yeah. But I think there's become a degree of acceptance with that, which is why, as I said, this year has seen quite significant levels of growth for me in my business Good. because I, I, the mechanisms of doing business are starting to take clearer shape, okay. I think.
0: So, so before we dig a little bit deeper into the title of your book that the listeners are probably begging me to start asking you questions about now, <laughs> um, has there been anything else other than writing a book that's been something significant that you've worked on in your business?
1: Um, in the lockdown?
0: Just generally could be something recently something before lockdown is there being anything else that's being a significant sort of thing that you've fixed or worked on in in your own well I
1: mean I think the biggest thing and the uh, the biggest thing that I support the women business owners and entrepreneurs that I work with in fixing is really creating a juicy life for themselves creating amazing intimate connections a deeper connection with themselves that then translates into greater business bigger business and Um, You know, just in the just in the last six months, I can tell you that I've seen clients come to me and say, I really don't like my boss. I want a new boss. And two weeks later, their old boss resigns and they have a new boss or um, their businesses have started to grow in a way that they had never considered possible. So, yes, I mean, um, I would say that's been that's kind of the key focus for what it is that we go to work yeah. on, and yeah. we've developed new offers around that during the lockdown. Okay. Um, so yeah. yeah, systems, I suppose, is what we've been at work on. In, the, yeah. in yeah, it sounds
0: like sounds like there's a bit of message in there as well, and getting that message across of what you do. Yeah. Yes. Great. Yes. So you've mentioned your book. How was it before you had the book? Then how how did you uh, get your content across to people, and what difference has the book made? And then we'll talk a bit more about the book.
1: Um, so I would say that my principal mechanism for distributing my message before I wrote the book was really social media.
0: Okay.
1: Um, you know, I have the sort of fairly ubiquitous funnel that you yep. can go to, and um, you know, and I would do. I mean, I wrote the book last summer in 2020. So before that, I was really doing a lot of in-person. Networking, speaking, conferences—that was okay. the main way of getting yep. the message out there. Yeah,
0: personal. Um, yeah, so I mean, and a, and a lot of people have written books as an alternative to actually going out and doing speaking engagements because it's a way of giving authority and credibility. So, so what kind of difference does the book made to you then?
1: Um, the book was an amazing experience, Simon. Okay. In that it really, so it's called discipline and. I talk about the importance of being a disciplined being in yourself, yeah. but also being disciplined by others, which connects to my message of the connection between sex and money, which I'm sure we'll come to you later. But yeah. um, I liken it to being effective in life and business is a bit like a corset. So it's like you can pull the drawstrings in and tighten everything up. And that will produce a leaner model, which generally produces more more results. Or you can let it out a bit, which is relaxed and easy, but can be a little bit spread. And it's really the message of the book is about knowing which to apply when. And that's what I would say has happened for me personally and the business out as a result of my having written the book, is that I think that the message actually became a bit more Pulled in and a bit tighter. Interestingly, I've also lost weight.
0: So okay. there you All go, right. win-win.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. So oh, yeah. So you keep alluding to to the book. Let's let's talk about the title book. So give us a bit of an idea of what the book's about and what the listeners can take away from you today in a in a lesson or a tip. What would you like to share with people? Just give us a little bit about the story of of the book and what it's about.
1: Um. So the book is really about it's my personal journey. And it's really about what I know is effective in creating a life that I really love living and growing a business and what I've translated that and the way that I've translated that to working with my clients effectively. Um, And the message of the book is that as I, uh, very much as I said earlier, what you're looking for is to be disciplined as a being and to be disciplined and by that, I mean, by another. So one of the where that comes from is that having coaches and having people that contribute to me, even when it's uncomfortable and particularly actually when it's uncomfortable, I agree. Is generally speaking, when my life expands, when the business grows and and, and there's there's a kind of joy in the pain of that it's uncomfortable it's difficult it's a stretch but it's a bit like yoga um if you're just doing yoga in a fairly perfunctory way it's nice it's pleasant and it's relaxing but you're not really going to get the full benefit of it when you practice yoga and you stretch and you expand yourself that's where you get the benefit of yoga and so that's the part so it's important to have commitments and good habits for yourself and be clear about what it is that you want and articulate that powerfully and clearly for people. And that's the part about being a disciplined being yep. and then be disciplined. And that's what I mean about allowing people to support and encourage you to expand and grow.
0: Yeah. So where does the um, the two B's come in? Boardroom and? Bedroom. Bedroom. So so t- the, the, tell us the link between the two, then.
1: Yeah. So the two, the two Bs come. So it's the bedroom and the boardroom and beyond. And really, they come in 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 that abundance connection that I I briefly alluded to earlier. In that, the bedroom is our most intimate location, where we really get to reveal ourselves to ourselves and also potentially to another, and. Being able to express yourself fully in the bedroom can be really very confronting and is very intimate, as I said. Mm. But the more that we get to know about who we are in the bedroom and are able to articulate that clearly, the better the quality of relationship and experience that we have there. And that radiates out. So rather than bringing it home, bringing it in, let's take it out and you know into the rest of the home and then into the business so from there it's like really getting to know yourself in your bedroom and then actually being willing and able to articulate that with your team in your business look at what it is that you want in the business articulate plans clearly choose a strategy that's clear and well defined and then allow other people to contribute to it with ease and grace and a space for them to be who they are, will enable the business to really grow and expand. And that's when the abundance and the money starts to come in. And that's the connection between the two.
0: And we were talking about before the recording started about, you know, Richard Branson's quote, you know, of have, fun in the, uh, have fun and the money will come. But from, from a bedroom to the boardroom, I should imagine a lot of the listeners are thinking here, well, surely I should keep the two separate. And I should be very uh, careful about anything that brings the, the two together. And like you say, the, you know, the bedroom does have that intimacy, it does have that privacy. Uh, and there's almost, I think particularly for us in the UK, there is a, a prudish nature of talking about bedroom and relationships. Uh, and when we hear conversations, you know, it either goes one way where people don't talk about it to the opposite where, you just don't want to hear it. I, mean, I come from a construction background, and some of the conversations I've had with people on site, yeah, I've really not wanted to be part of because that's way too much information for what I want to know mm-hmm. about what happened. So, for the listeners uh, that uh, are on this and listening to it, how do you suggest that they try to connect the two?
1: Okay, that's a really, that is an amazing question, Simon. Thank you so much for asking me that question. So it's not really about being fully, fully effusive about like what your life in your bedroom is like. That's not really what I'm, that's really not what the message is. Mm. You know, I, because one of the core messages is respect boundaries. And that's somewhat what you're alluding to is that, you know, there are appropriate conversations for the bedroom and there are appropriate conversations for the boardroom. And they almost certainly are not one in the same conversation. So do I respect, do. like do have a, a respect, a healthy respect for the communication that needs to be taking place in, in, the, respect, in the respective location and with the people that you're interacting with. Yeah. No, fully agree with that. It's more about a sense of who we are as people. And it's I more about that. an understanding of what it what it is that's important to us. And you mentioned Richard Branson and his message of "have fun and the money will come." And you know where where the BU and the discipline message that I articulate comes from is that I'm about creating fun, freedom, and fulfillment for people because when those are the predominant conversations in the world, then war and violence will be over because people are having fun. They're enjoying each other's company. And so it's really, so yes, the respect and the boundaries are very, very, very important. But when you understand who you are as a person and what is valuable to you and, and what matters for you and in in your relationships and in your most intimate relationships then you can take that out into the world out into out into conversation and communications with people that you're not as intimately connected with as your partner but you can know where to stand in those conversations in a very kind of ground grounded way and that will guide the conversations into a much more powerful place respecting the boundaries. But it also allows for that person that you're in conversation with in your team, in your business, for example, to be able to know that you're going to listen to them differently. And that's one of the keys to success is being able to listen to people without judging them, without expecting to hear things and just allow that, that reciprocity of communication to free flow between people.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that is—I I like the way you said that because I think you know when it comes to intimacy of any type, it is a two-way street, and that's sometimes when it gets wrong, when it's one way or it's unbalanced. And I think yeah, I can see a link there between the bedroom and the boardroom because you need to have that two-way openness and, like you say, being able to listen. People need to trust because that's the other thing with intimacy, isn't it? You know, there needs to be an, a huge element element of trust. Mm-hmm. between people um, but for me you know as you were talking earlier and, and just now it is about also and I'm a big advocate of this that you you can't love your business if you don't love yourself
1: that's right exactly
0: yeah exactly. that is really really important I think for, for the listeners to take away from from what Suzanne's been talking about there because you know, as you were talking about that's that's one of the key links for me it's it's to have that Knowledge of yourself, love of yourself, and then you can fall in back in love with your business. That's
1: exactly right, Simon. Yeah. And and it's for me, it's like you ha- you have to love it. Well, you said it. You have to love yourself first, yeah. because then when you love yourself, uh, like when we love ourselves, then it radiates out. Yeah. And and so I wholeheartedly agree with you. Yeah. Totally. Yeah.
0: So for somebody who's just heard us talking about that, that thinks, yeah, but I I don't. I don't, I don't love myself. I don't love business. Mm. You know, um, is there any thing in the book uh, and we'll talk about where people can get the book and how to connect with you in a second, but is there any, anything, cause I think that is, is a starting point for a lot of people. What would you give as a tip or uh, some guidance to anybody who is thinking, well, that's just not me. I just don't, I don't love myself. Okay. I go to work. I love my business, but uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't see the importance of loving myself. What would you say to them that are perhaps struggling cool. with it?
1: OK, well, I mean, if somebody came to me and said, I, I don't love myself and I don't think it's important to love myself, then we'd have a conversation about the, the relative value of the importance, first of all. But in terms of like establishing a love for oneself as the starting point, I agree with you. It's the first chapter of my book is starting that whole process. Yeah. And I would offer the same advice and counsel that I give in the book, which is like write it all out you know, just get it out, like, for so much of, so many of us, all that stuff that we hold on to ourselves, to about ourselves, about how we're not good enough, how we're difficult, how, you know, other people are difficult and upsetting, and all the resentments that we carry, and the justifications and the judgments that we carry, they all live inside of our minds, and our heads, and the first step to freeing ourselves of all that, gnarly limiting beliefs i call them is to actually get them out on paper and like literally just write it free flow stream of consciousness no no kind of editing no like no censorship nothing just let it out on paper and then i like to encourage people to literally set fire to it and go and burn it so it's like there's all the stuff and just watch it go up in smoke um and that creates a very physiological experience of a new place to start.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So where can the listeners find out more about you? Where can they get their hands on this book and read this first chapter? Because I think yeah, that's a critical chapter for everybody. It doesn't matter whether you have feelings about yourself that you think are okay or or not, I think you yeah, reading this book and getting that first chapter is really important. So where, where do people get their hands on a copy of it?
1: So the book is available on Amazon. Okay. Um, that is it is available on Amazon, uh, and if you look up "Discipline by Suzanne Pool," it will take you right there. But if you are more in, if you're interested in connecting with me more directly, then I recommend going to my website, Keys to Passion and Profit. So that's K E Y S T O P A S S I O N A N D P R O fit.com yep. keys to passion and profit.com and downloading the tip sheet. That's there. And in the email that I will receive or the notification say that you con you heard me on Simon Meadows podcast. Yep. Great. And you'd like to have a chat with me yep. and then we will talk about sending you the book and have a conversation. So that's the way Fantastic. to do it.
0: So the books on Amazon, uh, Suzanne Paul, so that's uh, spelled spelt with a, a Z or a Z depending on which it's, part of the world you're listening in from Miss Paul, discipline. Uh, and yeah, you're giving us a site there. So just give us that website address again. Keys to passion and profit. So it's keys, it is to keys passion and profit. To yes.
1: With a, it's keys with, an S, so keys with it's an, a, an S. Yes. Perfect.
0: Yeah. So keys to passion and profit.com. Amazing. Great. Um, I'm going to ask you to give us one more tip, okay? You've given us a lot already, and I really appreciate the time that you've given. But for those that want to do something, take something away. What I always like to try and do is give the listeners something that they can do with today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. If they could do one thing, if they could take one lesson away from you, what would be that lesson you'd share today? Uh,
1: so the first uh, – well, the one lesson that I would give you is move um, – okay like actually move. And by that, I mean, physically move. So quite often I find that people who are stuck don't do any exercise. And Mm. I don't mean vigorous exercise. I mean, go out for a half an hour walk where it moves your body. Um, You get out in nature, hopefully in London, it's difficult to get out in nature to be (laughs) fair. Um, But, you know, go and have a look at the sky and move your body. And do that consistently for a 30-day period, just for half an hour, 30 minutes th- for 30 days. And notice how you feel at the end of that 30 days. It's a really simple step, and it makes a really big difference done consistently over a 30-day period. So that would be my first tips.
0: Great. Amazing. So you alluded at the beginning of this of where your dream location would be for for your coffee. Um, I'm sure the listeners have probably skipped over what you said or forgotten about where it was but if you're going to have that dream location of um, the plaza in Rome just describe it and tell us why uh, and just give us a little bit more of a picture something we can immerse ourselves into of you having a coffee on this plaza.
1: Okay, so the Piazza Navona, I'm not sure if the listeners are familiar, but it's it's an oblong shape. So it's got a unique shape for a piazza. Piazzas are normally square or rectangle, and this one mm. is an oblong. Um, and it has a marble floor in that kind of Italian oak way. I think, I might be wrong, so if your listeners correct me, that's fine, but I think mm. that the Spanish steps are very near to the Piazza Navona. Okay. Um, and, but it's in that Ita- in that kind of Italian way, it's full of little cafes with metal, with those metal wire chairs and tables oh, yeah. outside where you just sit there with your espresso, sipping coffee, watching the world go by.
0: Those really quiet chairs that so if you drag them across the marble, yeah, everybody knows exactly. that you're <laughs> <Yeah>. not
1: <laughs> Those ones that you find in Italian piazzas. Yeah. Yeah. um uh, yeah and it's you know in a kind of fairly normal italian way it has a fountain in the middle made of marble and the old church or two but it's just yeah. it's it's the uniqueness of the shape of this of the square okay. cause I didn't realize it's, that uh, yeah
0: so it's oblong yeah, yes, like a, yeah it's
1: like yeah oh no so, it's not even oblong it's oval sorry it's oval so it's like a it's it's like a squished circle I
0: am not yeah. pardon
1: it's not like yeah. even yes yeah, a squished oval. circle so it's we'll
0: go, on, we'll go for the go. Word of oval sorry. yeah 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 I was with you on oblong I knew what you meant when you sell them but we'll go for the post oval, version yeah. of it, the oval <laughs> there we go and and daytime or night time what time of day is it when you're having your
1: coffee? um it would probably be about 11 30 in the morning
0: Ah, okay. So so it's late, like, late in the morning. you know,
1: it's a bit later. It's before the Italian, because the Italians eat lunch late. So they take, eat lunch about 1.30, 2 o'clock. So yeah, it's yeah. just kind of, you know, uh, it's in the middle of the morning, you know, just okay. a gentle right. sip of a, okay. like having a, it's time for a coffee, time for an espresso. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: so we can find you on the website. We can find the book on there. Uh, You've given us some great tips take away i've got to try and work out what i'm going to use from the notes i've written to form a heading for this podcast so uh you know, you mentioned something earlier on and listeners i want you to really think about this you know you said about you know, obviously the the be extraordinary and empowered but you but you said they're living a life that you love living mm. and i think you know if the listeners take one thing away from this it's the importance of that mm. living a life that you love living that's right. And it's having that mix, isn't it, that you've said. So thank you very much for sharing your insights. Thank you very much for being a guest. And uh, and yeah, thank you for sharing the tips with us as well. Really do appreciate your time.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Simon. It's been
0: a pleasure. And listeners, as always, this has been part of my mission to help businesses around the globe become better aware, which I'm sure we have. And I think when you read Suzanne's book, I think you're going to reach a level of self-awareness that you probably won't have even imagined was possible before. Um, And that'll just tease you a little bit to get your hands on the book. But I think we've also received some great education and talked about business. And of course, we've talked about coffee as well. And I look forward to having you all on the next podcast. Bye for now.